Hello, my name is Ned. Today is September 2nd, 2021, and these are my five things. Number one, Ted Lasso season two is better than you think. How did Ted Lasso go from being one of the most critically acclaimed shows to being so divisive in the second season? There's been complaints that the writing is inconsistent, that the story's not going anywhere, that there's no conflict. There are going to be some spoilers here. I'm sorry. First of all, I reject the premise of the question. The story is fully consistent with the values presented in the first season. I think that what people are having difficulty with is watching a program that tells a complete story where the episodes might not give as much insight as the viewers want. That's fine. Then this is not for you. In the seventh episode of the season, Jason Sudeikis's Ted Lasso even put a hat on it, saying that we are in the middle, that this is the Empire Strikes Back. We have some dark times to go through, but we will eventually get to the end. I think that there's masterful storytelling going on here. I think that the pop culture critic from Slate, writing for the new Gawker, who is also a professor at the University of Virginia, do with that what you will, who absolutely criticized Ted Lasso for, among other things, being too nice, is one of those millennial edgelords that I just want to hit repeatedly in the face. Not because his ideas are wrong, though they are, but because it's just so contrarian. I was like that once. Gawker was like that once. We've grown out of that. But this dude hasn't. He's one of the reasons we can't have nice things. If you haven't given Ted Lasso a chance, it's not likely that you're going to try it now. When we were away a couple of weeks ago with friends, we managed to get some hooked on the show, one of whom is a high school coach. And that's because of the niceness, which is also the way she coaches. She was drawn to the show and the character. It's okay for nice people to be nice, and it's okay for us to try to get a little bit better every day. Except for the guy who's teaching at the Jeffersonian Slave University. He's never going to get better. Number two, only murders in the building. I love Steve Martin. I have for as long as I can remember. And I really enjoyed the second half of his career where he's become an elder statesman. Smarmy, but gentle. Aware of his own issues and neuroses. At least in the characters that he plays. And in his live performances. Seeing him play banjo is a singularly great experience. His stand-up tour with his longtime friend Martin Short is great for many reasons. Including, but not limited to, the passive-aggressive banter between these two old friends. It's obvious that they care deeply for each other, just as it's obvious that some of their barbs have real venom to them. I have this relationship with one of my oldest friends. He's wonderful. And when we snark at each other, there's real venom there. I don't know how healthy that is. So, Martin Short and Steve Martin have a new series on Hulu, Only Murders in the Building. It also stars Selena Gomez, who you may or may not know I have some crush-adjacent feelings for as I'm literally old enough to be her father, but I just find her wonderful. Her cooking show, the Jim Jarmusch movie that she did, and this. Anyway, this show is a sitcom, a satirization of the true crime podcast genre, as well as a murder mystery of its own. 
I could say more, but I would spoil some of the great discoveries that you will make on your own. Or be led to by an omniscient narrator who knows where the story is going to end. Anyway, there's a scene in the third episode that got me laughing so hard that the dog was concerned for my health and safety. I honestly believe he thought I was having a neurological incident. I was laughing so very hard. The guest stars are wonderful. The secondary and tertiary and background actors are all people you've seen before if you've watched shows that are filmed in New York. And according to the New York Times article that I've linked to, it is a very well done satirization of the particular type of pre-war New York building, which is not something I have any first-hand experience with. But it's on Hulu, and the uh, new episodes are on Tuesday. Check it out. Number three, books. There are a lot of great books coming out this autumn. Some have already come out, and I want to highlight those and the ones that I'm looking forward to. First on this list is The Guide by Peter Heller. Peter Heller is a favorite of mine. He wrote for Outside Magazine and then has written a series of nonfiction books and works of literary fiction with a vaguely survival, survivalist, apocalyptic bent to them. The first one that I was familiar with, The Dog Stars, is most definitely a post-apocalyptic novel about a man and his dog. While his novel from two years ago, The River, was one that I sent to friends, my father, and even gave to someone at the office because it was just a great adventure story. He has followed up The River with The Guide, a novel that I just started. It's a thriller, and I'm going to read from the book jacket description right now. This is a heart-racing thriller about a young man escaping his own grief who accepts a job with an elite fishing lodge in Colorado where amid the natural beauty of sun-drenched streams and forests, he uncovers a plot of shocking menace. If that doesn't sound appealing to you, I don't know what type of books you like. Second on my list is a co collection of short stories from Shizun Liu to hold, um, called To Hold Up the Sky. If you don't know who Shinjin Liu is, you soon will. He's a Chinese author best known for the Three Body Problem trilogy, which is being turned into a series on HBO Max by the gentleman who brought you Game of Thrones, and the author of The Wandering Earth, which can currently be seen on Netflix. They are both great works of art. The short stories, which I'm slowly working through because some of you know I enjoy a good short story, are also very good. There's a different sensibility to them as they're not written with a Western view of the world, which makes them all the better. We come to the same place even though we started at different places because of our shared humanity. I heartily recommend them. The third on my list is Feral Creatures by Kier, uh, Kira Jane Buxton. Feral Creatures is the sequel to Hollow Kingdom. It's important that you read Hollow Kingdom first. Hollow Kingdom is a novel set in Seattle at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. It's from the perspective of the pets. It is irreverent, it is lovely, and in some moments it's quite frightening. Feral Creatures takes that premise and raises the stakes. Anything more would be a spoiler, and I don't want to do that. Hollow Kingdom was one of my favorite books years ago. Feral Creatures has 
the makings of being one of my favorite books this year. And as I said, there are a couple of books coming out that I'm really interested in reading that I've pre-ordered. The first is William Gibson's script for The Alien 3. It's coming out as an independent work. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Alien 3 and the problems with Alien 3, and the way the director was pushed around by the studio, there's a story there, and better people to tell that story. But I'm really interested in reading William Gibson's vision for this story and this universe. Joe Posnanski, writing for The Athletic last year, listed his 100 best baseball players of all time. In October, the book form, expanded and re-edited, will make its way to bookstores. I'm really looking forward to it. Posnanski is a wonderful writer. He's also a baseball historian, and he's just funny. This is an epic task, and it looks like this is an epic volume that belongs on the shelf of every baseball fan. It's my assumption that I'm going to be giving this book out to all baseball fans in my life for the holidays. And finally, Neil Stevenson has a new book out called Termination Shock. I do not know what it's about. I know that it comes out in October or November. I know that I pre-ordered it from my local bookstore, Market Block Books in Troy, New York. I'm just really excited about that. His last book, Fall or Dodge in Hell, a sequel to Read em, was brilliant. It was a modern retelling of Paradise Lost. It was a book that I gave to friends. I can only assume that this book will be as good and just as interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. Number four, the Claw Mile Fun Run, hashtag Defend the Belt, and the Run for the River Half Marathon. Tuesday was the last day of August, and therefore my last day to complete the official Claw Mile Fun Run by Yeti Runners. I've talked about this before, and I've made a video about this before, and we're going to do another one on October, which I'll get to more about in a second. I like this event. For those of you who are unaware, the Claw Mile Fun Run is a race where you run a mile and you drink four White Claw hard seltzers. Now, if you don't drink alcohol, you can drink the seltzer of your choice. If you do drink alcohol, however, you must drink the White Claw hard seltzer. This is not a truly mile. The short story is that you drink a White Claw, run a 400 meter, well, 403 meters or so, and repeat for a photo for a total of four White Claws and four 1,609 meters. It's fun. It's difficult. Even my brother was able to do it. As I write this script, uh, my brother's in the other room and he just went, meep, meep, like Beaker from the Muppets. Anyway, I've completed it and I set the standard for the October race, which is 14 minutes and 48 seconds, and I raised the belt. In October, we'll be having our own Claw Mile Fun Run Challenge. The rules are the same. The winner gets a belt. A wrestling-style belt. Yes, I had this belt commissioned. Why, yes, I am taking this far too seriously. But, there's a change to the criteria to the October 2nd run. That is that you must defend the belt. Hashtag defend the belt. Meaning that if you have the belt, you can be challenged by anyone to run against you. 
It's adding some of the 24 by 7 championship belt energy to this challenge. I don't expect anyone to do this, but I think it's a fun idea. On Saturday, September 4th, I'm going to be running the Run for the River Half Marathon in Schenectady. I'm using it as a long training run for the Rock the Ridge on September 24th, but I'm also using it away as a way to celebrate my birthday, which is Friday, September 3rd. I know that friends are signed up for this race. I know that a great friend from the Pioneer Valley has signed up for it, and I hope to see them there. I haven't trained for this, but I've been training for other things, and I'm excited to be out there with other people and running. Wish me luck. I'll let you know how I do. Number five, September. It's September, and for some strange reason, I will have earth, wind, and fire in my head for the entire month. Do you know the song, September? Never was a cloudy day. I've linked it here, because it's just awesome. Have a wonderful September. And those are my five things. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can find me on social media or any social media app at ewabbit.com or on my website, www.ewabbit.com. Be well, be safe, be happy. <laughs>